voice of the cake. The voice of the cake. The voice of the cake. The voice of the cake. Yes, welcome once again to the voice of the Cape 91.3. I'm Aslam Qasim with you. It was very wonderful and beautiful morning, indeed it is. And... Uh, Time now, you're on my watch. Uh, I, I see on the screen it's 11.36 a.m. Uh, remember, we will break at 12 for the news. Our guest today, Smola Sabri David. So if you do have any questions and uh, pertaining to your marriages, uh, Smola Sabri David will be our guest today. Mola and I will not be live in studio. Mola had a bit of an operation. Um, Smola's movement is a bit restricted. Had a bit of a, of a operation and uh, it's been quite quite a bit on him um, so for that reason it's a bit uh, constrained when it comes to moving around for Molana currently so we will have Molana on air with us uh, and uh, he'll be taking your calls uh, no, your SMS's that is on 47913 let us first greet Molana Sabri and then we'll uh, continue once again Molana Assalamu Alaikum Wa Rahmatullahi Wa Barakatuh Wa Alaikum Salam Wa Rahmatullahi Wa Barakatuh and Assalamu Alaikum to the listeners and yes indeed Molana I appreciate and I thank you for this uh, beautiful dua and uh, it is always a pleasure to be with our listeners on uh, Sunday mornings Alhamdulillah Alhamdulillah, Molina. Um, it's a bit, uh, I trust and hope that Molina is well and uh, recovering from that uh, bit of a, uh, operation that Molina had. Yes, Molina, you know, uh, unfortunately one, one cannot say uh, uh, we are well, but mm. Alhamdulillah Allah has given us great healing and quick healing, Alhamdulillah, yes. to the extent mm-hmm. that we are able to, uh, you know, at least Alhamdulillah move around a little bit. But unfortunately, the sitting on the car seat is a bit difficult. Mm. So we requested that we, you know, do this on the telephone. But yes, Alhamdulillah, I shukar Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for the healing. And I shukar all the listeners who have made dua. May Allah ta'ala accept all those duas, inshallah. Amen, amen. Molina, we're going to be, our program will be focusing as usual, our usual looking at uh, marriages and, and so on. Molina can give us a bit of an introduction and um, I think we'll take the ads. I'll just get some indication from our technician as to when. We should perhaps take the ads now. No, we can continue. We can continue. Uh, so Molina can give okay. a bit of an introduction, inshallah. Okay, Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen, wa salatu wa salam ala ashrafil mursalin Sayyidina Muhammad, wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'een, Rabbi sharah li sadri wa yassir li amri, wa ahlul ugdatan milisani yafqahu qawli, and indeed, assalamu alaikum to my respected and beloved colleague and friend, Mulana Aslam Qasim, it's always good to be with you, Mulana, and of course to the listeners as well. And we open today, Mulana, by making a statement, and we're saying that, Great relationships don't just happen, Molana. They are created and worked at. And uh, perhaps this is a beautiful opening statement uh, to our young married uh, couples mm. who sometimes are married for a few weeks or a few months and then they just give up. 
they don't have the faith in the relationship. They don't have the sabr in the relationship. They don't have the sabr that Allah will make things better at the end. And then often these relationships and these marriages end up in shambles. It ends up in, in talaq. And then much to the distress of, you know, the entire... Uh, if one looks at building a society, then that society is then becomes broken uh, piece by piece. So uh, we want to make that statement and say that indeed great relationships and great marriages it just doesn't happen on the day that you say then it becomes a great marriage. No, no. It becomes great only after a while. Once we work at it and put in every effort we can to indeed secure that. So this is our opening background in, uh, against which we want to uh, offer today's program. I, I want to go on and say, Molana, that if any other aspect of our lives, if any other aspect is going to enjoy the best energy that we can give, then the marriage will suffer. Mm-hmm. So often a person gives this best energy to, for example, his work, or perhaps to his sports, or perhaps to his family in terms of his extended family, or perhaps to his friends, or to his habit, or to his hobby. And then often the little or the least energy is given to the marriage. Mm-hmm. With the result, he sees home and marriage as a place where I can go to when I'm tired, I can go to when I'm, when I'm not uh, energetic, when I don't have energy. It's a place where I can just go and relax. And that, my dear friends, is a wrong start. Mm. The marriage and the home must not be to download only. We come and we bring all the negative energies into the home. We bring the stresses of work into the home. We bring the issues of work into the home. If my team is lost, then then my wife must suffer. My children must suffer. Mm. Because I played my soccer, or I played my rugby, or whatever it may be, and then I come home because my team is lost, mm. and now I'm all upset, and my family must be the brunt. Yes. And maybe I made some plans, but because of my team that is lost, my spirit is lost. Mm. Instead, I should rather utilize that same spirit and that same energy in my marriage. So yes, we say, if anything mm. else is going to get our better and best energy, the marriage will suffer. And indeed, we've seen this, Molana. Mm. Molana, Afwan, Afwan, Can we just go for a break? The technician just indicated we're going to have to go for a break right now, and uh, we'll come back after this. Remember, Molana Sabri Davids is our guest this morning once again. Then please send in your uh, 47913, your questions questions to Molana Sabri. And I see there it says, May Allah grant Molana Sabri and all... Uh, all those are ill, full and complete recovery, inshallah, it says here. So, shukran for that. And uh, after the break, uh, please send those messages. Our guest is on, uh, not uh, in studio today, but still able to take your calls, inshallah. Your uh, SMS is that. 91.3 FM Stereo. My radio station. Your radio station. Our radio station. The voice of the Cape.
And uh, yes, what a wonderful afternoon uh, it will be, inshallah. The morning has been quite lovely and a bit hot here in the studio, but inshallah, I'll see how it uh, goes. And uh, we'll be taking your SMSs as well. Remember, one four seven and nine one three. that's Saul Molina Sabri Davids. Uh, we'll be taking your questions. And uh, then remember to uh, send it to 47913 to our guest, Molina Sabri Davids. And inshallah, we'll see what we can uh, do during the course of this time. That's why we start a bit early, so that not on 12 because then we see a bit of a overflow of the questions and then Molina's unable to answer so we're going to get straight into uh, Molina, Assalamu alaikum, welcome once again uh, I haven't seen, I don't see any questions up until now so yes. we will continue with uh, the, some of the uh, intros that we were doing so when we want to say, what we want to say Molina, is that the best energy must be spent on, on our marriages as opposed to the worst or the last bit of energy uh, I also want to mention that one of the greatest gifts we can give you, our spouses is our own happiness. You see, what we need to understand is that your spouse cannot make you happy. So don't say that you're married so that will make you happy, or he'll make you happy, or she will make you happy. No one will make you happy unless you make yourself happy. So happiness comes from within, and so therefore if, 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 if you have problems and you are depressed, you have to change yourself. No one will change you. So by the same token, I cannot expect my spouse to make me happy, nor can I say that my spouse makes me unhappy. And we need to understand this concept. Complete happiness does not come from out, outside. It comes from within. So I can only be happy in the worst of situations. I can be, make, make myself happy. Happiness is not dependent on, on whether things go right or wrong. Happiness is not dependent on whether I get what I want or whether I don't get what I want. Happiness is dependent on how I approach a situation. And so therefore I cannot blame my spouse if I have unhappy feelings. I cannot blame my spouse if I don't have joy within my heart because I'm responsible for my own happiness. Yes, there might be certain things that disturb us within our spouses. There might be certain qualities that our spouses have that, that, that causes us a measure of unhappiness in terms of that quality. But my complete and total happiness is not my spouse's responsibility, but it is my responsibility. So I cannot, should not, must not expect my spouse to make me happy. Because you, you find, and this we've seen over and over again, Molana and listeners, mm. that the husband or the wife does every single thing under the sun to make my husband happy or to make my wife happy. Still, the husband or wife remains unhappy. Mm. Why? Because we cannot change others, we can only change ourselves. Yeah. So this indeed I want to submit as, as another angle to our happiness within marriage. And do not blame our spouses for our unhappiness or our feelings of depression, our feelings of uh, you know, uh, uh, anger even, our feelings of anxiety. We are responsible for that ourselves. Yeah. Another important aspect I wish you throw in today, Molana, is that when you complain about your spouse to someone else, Remember that their feedback that they're going to give you is based upon a distorted uh, view and a distor and, and distorted information. Yes. They did not listen to your spouse. And that is why Quran so beautifully says that when there are issues and problems, get hakama min ahlihi wa hakama min ahliha. Get two people in. 
from both sides, a representative from her side, a representative from his side. Because suppose, Molana, we're going to get in someone from her side only. Clearly that person is going to be subjective. Mm-hmm. And often, you know, Brutus most dakaras water. So what will happen? I get the, the, the girl gets in her uncle or her brother or her father. They're only going to take her part. But in the meantime, she's the devil herself. <laughs> so therefore, Quran says, And get in someone from her side as well. So now, the tables are even. The tables are equal. And hence, Molana, often when couples do come to me with, uh, you know, some complaints of the spouse, the first thing I say, I will listen to you. I will write down what you tell me and keep it in a confidential file. But the first approach I always have, and I'm sure my predecessors and, and, and those people who have been doing marriage counseling for many, many more years, uh, longer than myself, people like, for example, Imam Moti Saban, what wonderful work uh, Imam Moti Saban, for example, is doing, mm-hmm. and others as well. Beautiful, beautiful work they are doing in the community. And I'm certain that they do the exact same thing that I do. We say, let's make an appointment where your spouse is present and when you are also present. That way we listen to, and often, Molana, often it has happened that you hear the flip side of the coin, and you hear, but it's not all as, you know, the one spouse has mentioned. Mm. So, yes, indeed, that is also an aspect that we wish to, to mention, that, uh, you know, it's not always just the case. It's, 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 it takes two to tango. Mm-hmm. Another aspect, Molana, if we don't do have any SMSs? Um, I see there's one here quickly. Can we go through that one? Certainly, Molana. It's in Afrikaans. My man heet for his sister ook klomp geel geleen. My nou geel die geel soos hulle wil. En nou bly hy met my aangaan oor die geld. Wat doen ek nou? Moet ek haar aanspreek? Of wat het sy? Ek moet nie inmeng nie. Okay, I read it as I see it. Yes. Uh, is that the entire SMS, Malana? That's the SMS, Malana. Okay. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Nahamaduhu wa nasalli ala rasulihi al-kareem. Amma ba'd. First of all, what we need to understand, Malana, is that, uh, again, we cannot... La wa la tuwazir wizra... Allahumma salli ala Muhammad. Wa la tazir wazira tuwizra ukhra. That on the day of Qiyamah, no single soul shall be held responsible for the actions of another. So this is the first aspect is that if I do an action, I have to take the consequences and suffer the consequences of the action as well. I have to be willing to suffer the consequences. So there's no way that the husband can blame the wife for money that he has borrowed to his sister, number one. Number two is that there's no way that she has the responsibility of paying it back under no circumstances. Because he's not given the money to her, he's given it to his sister. So the sister is the one that he should uh, approach. What I would want to suggest to that lady is that she should tell him in so many words, Dear, may be sorry to me. Dear, she may be sorry to me. What you and your sister are going to be If he keeps her responsible, if he keeps her responsible, she should tell him straight to his face that I am not responsible even if you must one Fajr Salah in a 50-year period or a 100-year period, I'm still not responsible. I'm still not responsible for the least bit in your life. Because even Shaitan, for that matter, is not responsible for our actions. Because Shaitan will tell us, Dear Qiyamah, mm-hmm. Do not blame me, blame, blame yourselves. Mm-hmm. So yes, indeed, we want to say that she's not responsible, but she has to take the courage, and she has to take the time, and she has to be cool and tell him, I'm sorry, 
but I am not part of this. Please do not make it my responsibility. Please sort it out with your sister yourself. Shukran, mm. we're going to go for our ad break uh, right now and we'll come back and uh, then we'll break again at 12 for our news. Come. The Voice of the Cape, 91.3 FM Stereo. Radio station, your radio station. We're taking a look at your SMS line as well. Four seven nine one three. That's the SMS number. It's four seven nine one three. Questions uh, posed to our honourable and respected guest. That's Mona Sabri Davids, and um, Mona is uh, doing it on uh, via telephonically this morning. Um, so Mona still be answering your questions. I see there's another question here. I'm not sure whether it's coming in three folds, this uh, SMS, but uh, let me go ahead and read it to Molina. Uh, it says here, it starts off with IME with me at all because I'm not going to accept this again. He can't afford two wives. He doesn't nafaka me and my kids at all. My intention is to fasakh my marriage. Is there any punishment for the Day of Judgment? Shukran. Okay, Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Uh, Molana, I try to steer away from saying there's this punishment and that punishment, you understand? Because mm-hmm. we want to encourage people and we don't want to create a, an idea that Islam and Allah and, you know, is, is, is a monster and just out for punishment. But that is why we steer away from uh, saying, you know, there's this punishment for that and that punishment for mm-hmm. this. Be that as it may, Molana, and besides that, Fasah and Palak, these are uh, things that are permissible in Deen. And so, therefore, there cannot be any punishment because it's not impermissible matters. You know, it's matters that are totally permissible to, to allow to do. So we won't get punishment for, 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 for something, uh, for doing something that is not permissible, that is permissible that we can do. Uh, so we just needed to just clear the air on that one. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, Molana, the one condition that the husband has upon him is that he should be able to give equally and, and, and justly to both wives, okay? So, so that that is the first important aspect. If he cannot, Allah makes it clear in the Quran. If he cannot give that justice, then one is sufficient for him. Yes. Uh, I beg your pardon. Mm-hmm. <coughs> I asked Ma for that, listeners. Mm-hmm. That is what husbands need to understand. You cannot merely follow your desires when it comes to second marriages. It is not just a matter of just saying, "Okay, Hanovi You must be able to afford the second wife. If by any chance, and this is a very, very important aspect, if by any chance the first wife has to suffer a lesser degree of nafaqah. Now we must understand this very, very clearly and carefully. If the first wife and family has to suffer by through a lesser degree, for example, they were able to sleep on their own beds. I'm just making a simple example that comes to mind. And now all of a sudden... They are expected to sleep two on a bed because my pastor So they are being inconvenienced. If their privacy, for example, is compromised in any way, if, for example, they now have to eat or they are told to eat less or use less money because I have now another wife, then that, unfortunately and sadly for that husband, it doesn't work that way because he has to have absolute justice and even the standard of the one cannot drop mm. so it is absolutely essential if but the what what we need to say to that listener is 
that she cannot go for a fasakh or apply for a fasakhun nikah based on the fact that he has another wife. Because that is not reason enough. She must have reason of her own, for example, if she says that the husband does not nafaka me at all, uh, he violates my marital rights. He violates my uh, violates my human rights. He violates my right as a Muslim. Then indeed she has grounds for a fasqun nikah, but uh, definitely not uh, on basis of the fact that he has another wife. That is not grounds for a fasqun nikah. Yes. Molina, can we go to the next one? I think we have Please approximately three minutes uh, before we break for the news. So just in case no I don't finish it within that time, we can continue after the news as no well. Problem, Number once again, 47913. That's the question posed to our honorable guest uh, this morning. Um, it says, yes, Salam, my parents are in the 80s. My father can't see to himself. My mom is diabetic, uh, need to be bonded 24-7, was two months in hospital. She's at my sister. Now he... We go to that. Now he does not want to come live by the children. He's domineering. Wants my mom uh, to come home. What do we do? She needs attention. Okay, Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. When it comes to the matter of parents, I I, I soften uh, extremely, Molana, because this indeed is such a uh, such a sensitive matter. Because this is our Jannah that we are dealing with, and indeed I want to encourage all listeners and myself first that let us have utmost respect and and utmost honor and dignity for our parents because indeed they are our Jannah. Mm-hmm. But it is such also that maybe due to old age and maybe due to uh, you know many many factors. Our parents are sometimes not the easiest of people to to be around and to work with. In that time, in that time, is the time that we make sabr, because they reared us through the time when we were not the easiest people to deal with. We would popo any time, and I asked Ma for using the word popo on radio, but we would poo anywhere, anytime. They would clean us wherever we are. We would cry anywhere, anytime. They would see to our needs anywhere, anytime. So indeed, we were also not the easiest of people at one stage in our lives. Be that as it may, um, I, I want to say that let us rather not speak about our parents, you know, that he is stubborn, he is this and that. Let's just say that he has a different view. Mm-hmm. For that, I think the family needs to get together. The family needs to get together and and Bia or Daddy needs to be made to understand that right now, Mama needs attention. It will not be forever. <sighs> forever, it will only be for a short period of time. He needs to be made to understand this. But what I've also noticed is that if we get a complete strange person in, for example, the Imam of the area, often our parents Often any stubborn person, and I ask Mouth to have to use the word stubborn uh, towards uh, our respected father in the situation, but any person tends to listen better and more to, uh, to, uh, to a non-family member than to a family member. Mm-hmm. Because that, 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 that level of respect uh, is, is still there. So what I would want to suggest is, and I'm sure your father has an imam or a sheikh or a maulana that he's very fond of. Perhaps if you can speak to someone that your father will listen to, 
Because clearly your father does not want to hear your opinion or your sibling's opinions. So perhaps if you can get the opinion of someone that he loves, you know, for example, if he likes to listen to Molana Sabri, I'm just making an example. I'm not saying that I must be involved. I'm just making an example. Then get, the, you know, that particular alim in to speak to daddy about the situation. Mm-hmm. Explain to daddy that it will not be forever. It will just be for a short while. But can we understand and I need us to approach this situation with this in mind that Look at this love that daddy has. He just wants mommy around him. Mm. He cannot live without mommy. Allah, you know, subhanallah. Mm. And, and, and this is beautiful. This is love, Maulana. Yes. This is love. Right. This is not infatuation. This is not the first few days or the first few weeks. This is true love. Mm-hmm. Because imagine a kanisona, honey. Allah. And Allah grant that, you know, the love must increase. And I want, mm-hmm. I, would, I would suggest that the children look at it from that perspective. Yeah. Subhanallah, look at the great love our mother, our father has for our mother. I but indeed, I would suggest get, so get an alim in, mm-hmm. someone that your father respects, and ask that person to speak to daddy about the situation, inshallah. Mm-hmm. Molana, we have to go for a break right now. So, uh, for our news at this time, so we'll join Molana once again after that. Shukran very much. Die luister na die stem van die kaap op 91.3 en 95.8 FM Stereo. The Voice of the Cape. Pioneering 20 years in Muslim radio. My radio station. Your radio station. Our radio station. Welcome to our program, you're on the Voice of the Cape. You just joined us, our guest, it is the Honorable Imam Molana Sobli Davids, our guest today, and answering your questions pertaining to marriages. Once again, that number is 47913. Time now approximately 11 after 12 on my watch, and at approximately 20 past, we'll go for our ads once again. So, let's get into those questions. Molana, are you with us? So. Yes, Molana, if I, if I may just request that uh, I have also received one SMS, if I can just uh, proceed with this one. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, it goes as follows, Salam Molana, if a wife is in her late 40s and has few illnesses that causes great difficulties in her daily physical activity, and the husband keeps mm. on telling the wife to go find a job if there's no money for food, etc. The husband works hard to provide, but when there's no money or food at times, and the wife speaks of this to the husband, he gets extremely rude and tells the wife to leave the home, and then he chases her to go to work. All this he says in a very humility, uh, humiliating way to the wife. Most times the neighbors hears all because he do this in the loudest possible way. Okay, Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. The bottom line is that nafaka remains the responsibility of the husband. There's no two ways about that, no negotiation about that, and no discussion about that. That is the first aspect that we need to understand. But we also need to be reasonable. Um, if the husband, in, in many, many instances, the husband might be unable to provide uh, a standard, a good standard in terms of his income. Often it happens, and I think realistically so, it happens that the husband's uh, income does not uh, provide, you know, with enough to, to get along. And then, you know, people struggle from day to day. And perhaps this is the reality of life. And uh, it happens to just about everyone's home that there comes a time of great difficulty. And during that time, you know, uh, often uh, the one blames the other one. What, what needs to be understood here is that the husband has no right to expect the wife to go work, nor does he have a right to chase her to go work, nor does he have a right that if there's no food in the house or if she raises the topic, to chase her out of the home. He's got, he does not have that right. Mm. Given further that the lady is un, 
able to work because of her physical condition. Who takes on a 40-year-old or a 45-year-old nowadays? Nobody's going to take on a 45-year-old. So the work that she's going to do is probably going to be scrubbing floor somewhere. Awesome. Be that as it may, the bottom line is that the responsibility of Nafaka is upon the husband. But I want to say that here in Cape Town especially, I cannot speak for other provinces or other parts of the world, but what I can speak for our people in Cape Town, often the ladies, our wives, are so helpful. Often they are so soft-hearted and they love us so much, they would rather then go work to assist us. Now, if that is an arrangement and it is an agreement between husband and wife, on one level, one can say, yes, fine, that is it. Wife should not feel me, Jaymut Hadrik, for many, and she is able to do something for some form of income. There's nothing wrong with that. Okay, we need mm. to understand. Yes, uh, Monana, shukran for that. Um, someone just called in and telling our technician that shukran uh, for the very beautiful program and giving both sides of uh, giving both sides of the equation, so to say, and uh, it's very uh, very helpful and very educational. So thank you and shukran. The person says for the program. Molana, um, to look at some of the messages, uh, it says here, if, Imam, if a husband dies, must the wife stay indoors for four months and ten days? She is the breadwinner. Um, please explain, Kanala. Okay, Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Uh, the period, uh, which is known as the Idda period, and it, uh, that Idda period uh, for the wife who has lost her husband is four months and ten days. Now, uh, it is a very big misconception that the Idda period is a, you know, it's almost like a prison sentence. The way we approach Idda is almost like as if it's a prison sentence. The, we need to understand the basic purpose for Idda. It is just to clarify whether the lady is pregnant or whether she's not pregnant. Number one. Number two, why do we want to establish pregnancy? For two reasons. The one is for lineage. In other words, to find out whose child it is, because if she gets married straight away, for example, a day or two later after the husband's demise, she could fall pregnant that very same night. But then we might not know whose child it is, whether it's the husband that passed on or whether it's the, husband, the new husband's child. So number one is to establish lineage, and number two is to establish that why do we want to establish that lineage? We want to establish the lineage for two reasons. Number one, we want to see in terms of nafaka. Obviously, then, uh, you know, the new husband will have to understand that he's taking a child that is not his if she's pregnant. And the second most important reason, and I think this is more overwhelming than all the other reasons we've given, is the, 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 the aspect of inheritance. That child will then uh, be eligible to inherit or not from the father that has passed on. And if it's not, if she wasn't pregnant, then obviously the child cannot inherit from the deceased person simply because it is not his child. So therefore, we have to go under the Idda period. And that is just, uh, you know, a, a, a very natural explanation. To say the lady must stay inside, and she's the breadwinner, Allahu Akbar. Necessity, which is called Darura, dictates. So if Darura is, is there, that a person must go out, then she needs to go out. We can't say, for example, no, she mag eet gaat hier, dan is het doodsik, ze moet dokter toch gaat, maar ze mag eet gaat bij die dier nie. We can't say that she, die kinders moet moest eet, sy moet moest eet, she's not married, maybe she doesn't have a father to care for her, or a brother to care for her, she has to take things into her own hands, in terms of feeding her children, so she has to go work. And so yes, indeed, it is permissible for her to go outside, and to go earn that living and come back. What Sharia really is on, is about unnecessary socialization. 
socializing unnecessarily and being in the company unnecessarily of strange men because it is haram. Two things are haram during the idda. Number one, it is haram for anyone to propose to her. And number two, it is haram for her to have any marriage during the idda period. Other than that, if it is necessary for her to leave the home, then indeed it is permissible for her to leave the home. But the Idda is not a prison sentence, and of course we know the lady should not, even during marriage for that matter, when her husband is still alive, she should not go outside, beautify herself unnecessarily, uh, and leaving the home in a beautified state, you know, with all kinds of perfumes uh, that will make her, uh, you know, uh, attract the attention of other men to her. This is not even allowed during the marriage and during ordinary times, let alone the Idda period. So she shouldn't do that in terms of um, beautifying herself to such a degree where other men will get her attention. Plain clothing, no makeup and no sweet-smelling perfumes and all these things, no jewelry that makes a noise and all these things. And even jewelry, for that matter, you know, uh, also blink because it attracts the attention of other men. If those conditions are met, Molana, then there's nothing wrong for that lady to go out and earn the living that she needs for her and her children's survival. Mm-hmm. Molana, we're going to go now again for our ads and uh, when we come back we'll come back for that stretch of uh, about 20 minutes or so so to have your questions that's 47913 our guest on our Sabri Davids with us inshallah after the break we'll continue The Voice of the Cape 91.3 FM Serial My radio station your radio station, our radio station. As we continue with our questions, uh, here on our marriage, uh, our program uh, with regards to marriage this afternoon. And remember, it's 47913. I know I've been punting it all the time, but that is our SMS number. And our guest, as you know by now, that's our respected and honored Molina Sobri Davids answering the questions here this afternoon. Um, let me see. I, I need to use my discretion with regards to this question, but uh, it's something which when answered it's applied to many others as well we all um, I'm, ju- I'm going to go now into the questions I just want to remove our refresh button here because when I read then the SMS disappear while I'm reading so here we go the next one says Asalaamu Alaikum I was married with a man that did not want to stop drinking I gave him da'wah every day he wanted to bring his drinking friends I uh, thought when I got my Fasakh in December, I converted to Islam and is staying now on the yard by Christian people and don't have access to water. I have to travel to friends to go wash. Shukran. Um, well, exactly what is the question, Molana? Um, it is it the living like condition? It seems so. Let me just see again. Married, I was married with a man, did not want to stop drinking, gave him dawah, he, didn't want to, he wanted to bring his friends. Um, I thought when I got my fasakh in December, I converted to Islam and I'm staying on the yard by Christian people, I don't have access to water, I have to travel to friends to go wash shukran, that's the SMS as it is. Okay, right. may Allah give that sister sabr and may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala keep us strong in deen inshallah. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give her the strength to carry on through that situation that she's finding herself in. Um, if it is accommodation she's looking for, Molana, I do believe that the Voice of the Cape does have a kind of a database of places that uh, are available. So perhaps if we can uh, give the listener perhaps that kind of uh, information to contact the uh, Voice of the Cape tomorrow morning, I think, Molana, mm-hmm. and then uh, he or she can, or she can then... Uh, 
just try to get hold of that list of available accommodations. I don't know how updated the list is, yeah. but I'm sure, inshallah, VOC yeah. will be more than happy to assist her, Yes, I, I think she can get that after 9 a.m. tomorrow morning. Yeah, there it, we go. Uh, either contact the, the receptionist, Najma, or the afternoon as well. Um, or anti-Yasmina, oh, so they, they all, all Yasmina, yeah. Yes. Well, if I may just mention that I've actually taken that list and I actually pasted it up on our Masjid notice board. Mm-hmm. So it's just a good idea yeah. to have that notice, you know, that information at hand mm-hmm. because there's a lot of people that need accommodation within the uh, community. So if yeah. we can perhaps just, uh, you know, do that in all our masajid, it will actually be a great service mm-hmm. uh, to the community as well. Definitely, Molana, definitely it will be. Yes. Shukran for that. Um, let's look at the next one. It says, Assalam, I want to know what is the Idda period for a widow that is menopausal? I know the Idda is four months and ten days, but heard that if you are menopausal, it is only three months. Is this true or not? Yes, Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. That is a popular opinion of many, many ulama that the lady that is past the menopause stage will only go because she doesn't get any more periods, any more hayd, uh, menstruation periods. So therefore, um, the popular uh, opinion of most of the ulama is that it is three days, inshallah. So here's a very short answer to that one, that the three months is the correct uh, for, for a lady that is under, that is a mouth that is menopausal. Mm-hmm. Our next one. <clears throat> Let's look at this next one that says, um, is it allowed for a wife to approach, uh, initiate intimacy with a husband? Uh, what if there's no response from the husband? What does the wife then do? And the wife's shahwa is great and high. Okay. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. It is a right. We as men often, Molana, and I say this very carefully, but uh, in my few, in my short period of experience, we have discovered that often men use this, that even if the wife, because the Nabi Sallallahu has said, even if she is in front of the oven or the stove cooking the food, she should leave the food for the sexual needs of her husband. But Quran is above that. And Quran says, That for them is also what is against them, in short spelling out equal rights. So in as much as it is a right to have sexual gratification and satisfaction, in as much as it is uh, the right of, of, of the husband, so too it is the right of the wife. And the husband has to respond. And in fact, that, my, uh, my dear listeners, is grounds for the breakup of a marriage. If there's no sexual gratification within that marriage, then the wife or the husband has the right to start, uh, uh, you know, procedures for either for fasa or talaq, because she or she does not get that sexual gratification. Molina, I make a very, very simple example, and, 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 and I word it in the simplest words I can, I can think of, and that is, at a person of lekker eten, dan gaat hij bij die kefie eten. En die kefie is een kost als ongezond. So by the same token, if the wife does not, that is a recipe for disaster. Wallahi, I'm not making this dua. Wallahi, I'm not saying this wife will, because I don't know this lady. May Allah protect all our wives, inshallah. Amen. But it is a recipe for disaster. We are brewing monsters in our homes if we as wives and husbands refuse our partners in bed. That is the first aspect. Why am I saying this, Molana? So many men and women have come to me, and I'm sure any other imam or Molana or sheikh can, can vouch for this. They say that this partner does not want to give them sexual gratification, and then they just lost it all and they went. It is not justified. It is not correct. It is not halal. It is not permissible. But it, 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 it can be understood 
they went outside and committed zina. So this is the first aspect of that question. The second aspect, is it permissible for the wife to initiate intimacy? Not only is it permissible, it is also encouraged. It is encouraged that the wife also plays her role in, in terms of the sexuality of the couple in the bed. Often we find that the wife is unresponsive, and then it puts off the husband. And often we find the husband is unresponsive and it puts off the wife. We must also look at other aspects. What causes the lack of libido in a person? There's a host of things. One of the things, for example, in men especially, and, and, and I, want to, I want listeners to make a special note of this. Men, for example, who have diabetes, they have a problem with blood flow to their private parts. Hence, they cannot maintain an erection and mouth of being so explicit, but Islam is explicit about this. Mm-hmm. We, we should stop now, you know, sugarcoating things and speak about it in an adult fashion. The man often, a diabetic man, often cannot maintain an erection because of his state of diabetes. So perhaps if the diabetes becomes, you know, better managed, if the sugar becomes under control, then the man might be able to have a, a better erection. And this is a put-off for men. High blood pressure is another aspect, for example, that causes men to tire quickly, and therefore they cannot maintain the erection, so they leave the whole thing, you know. Hmm. There's so many other aspects. Then there's something called hyper or hypothyroidism, where the thyroid gland in the body is dysfunctional. It is either overactive or underactive. In an underactive thyroid, for example, you will find that there's no libido whatsoever. And in an overactive thyroid, there's a hyper libido. So these are medical aspects that add to it. There's a host of aspects that one needs to look at before complaining, and then also very, very important. I think we need to become open about our sexuality and our sexual preferences in the bedroom. If I, for example, Molana, and I really apologize if I'm being disrespectful to yourself or to any listener, mm-hmm. but we, are, have to be, uh, uh, we have to be upfront, we have to be frank, and we have to be open and honest, and we have to be adult about this. If I like my wife, for example, to be on top, which there's nothing wrong with that, then I need to tell her, you know what, honey, I like that you must be on top of me. I really get more throw, more joy, and more satisfaction that way. If the wife, for example, likes the husband, you know, we need to speak openly to our partners and say, speak openly, listen, my dear, my angel, I love you, and I don't want anyone else in this world next to me at night. I only want you. But can we look at changing some things? So those are the aspects we need to look at. I want that wife to openly approach her husband. And if need be, she needs to, if they need to go to see a, a, a therapist, a sex therapist, then they need to go. If they need to use, for example, some aphrodisiac, then they need to use some aphrodisiac for the husband. There's a host of many things on the market. We must just be careful what we use because many things are taken from animals, dead animals, for example, the rhino horn. is taken from an animal that has been killed in a different way in an un-Islamic fashion. But there's, there's, there's so many herbs, uh, you know, one doesn't want to advertise uh, any business, but mm-hmm. there's one particular health shop in Kenwood Center, and I'm, I think we're all familiar with, that, that can assist us in this, in this way. There's uh, the TIP Medical Center at the Sarke Bartman uh, building in, in, in Sunny Estate. They also have some products, uh, totally herbal products, that will help us with our libido. So if we need to use herbal products, and if we need to tell our spouses, here's something you can use to give you an erection, or 
to give you a little bit of sexual oomph or vuma, then then yes indeed. Of course, my agri is there on the market, but I I don't know what the ingredients are, so I cannot say it's halal or haram, but let us be careful what we use. But for that lady, I want to say, my dear sister, I'm so happy that you called in, or you SMS in rather, so that your husband needs to now know that it is a frustration that you have in bed. Speak to him openly and tell him that you love him. You love him to bits, but that is causing a bit of frustration with you, and that is, you know, how uh, would like it, and, and, and you need to speak to him openly about this, inshallah. But yes, it is permissible for you if it means any kind of stroking, molana, caressing, and, mm. and, and whispering, and, 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 and setting the mood in terms of burning the little candles, you know, the sweet, fragrant candles that we have on the market, burn those, it creates an atmosphere. If we have to change the bulb, for example, from a bright bulb to a red bulb, it creates the atmosphere, and mm. perhaps also those are the kinds of things that will help, inshallah. And I know Molana, Dawood Samson also, Molana, has a host of, uh, of, of remedies uh, for that kind of, uh, you know, issue. So if she can contact Molana, Dawood Samson also, I'm sure you will also be able to assist her, inshallah. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, uh, our ulama know quite a bit about many things. I think people <laughs> underutilize the, <laughs> the skills and the... Uh, the uh, the talents and the abilities that our that our ulama have, you know, they Allah usually Allah overlook Allah. the the skills and abilities and things of our ulama. Allah Allah. let's let's continue. So let's see any Afrikaans Let's continue. It says here our next question. Salam Imam one talak upmak for take perk um as the dan in talak. That's Afrikaans. Just repeat the question if you if you don't mind, Mulana. Salam Imam. Een talak opmaak voor tijdperk om is dit dan een talak. Okay, bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. I would, I would conclude, Malana, that the question is, um, the voor tijdperk om is refers to the Idda period. Uh, so so uh, if, I, if we can just analyze that and say that during the first and the second talak, gedurende uh, de eerste en de tweede talak, of na die eerste en de tweede talak, as het is een talak radiai, Meaning, as iemand man gesere, dat ik geef veel in talak raji'i, meaning, dat ik los die dier op, vir my om terug te keer na jou. Dat is wat talak raji'i bedoel. Hmm. Dat die dier is op vir my om terug te keer na jou, gedierende die idda periode. Right? Yes. Nou, as die man terugkeer na die vrou, volgens imam Shafi rahimahullah, moet hy vaendlik sê, dat ek vat jou terug. Volgens imam Abu Hanifa rahimahullah, as die persoon even sy vrou kom soen op die wang, hy het daar nou getalak, nou kal kreefa, dan soen hy van op die wang, dan dit is een neige, dit is een indikasie, dat hy dan vir haar wil terughe, dan is die twee weer terug by mekaar. Volgens die Mashafi moet daar die, ak, daar die aksie van bijvoorbeeld van soen op die wang, plus hy moet van sê, kijk hier bokkie man, kom maar terug, kom ons draai maar weer. En dan moet sy agree, en dan is hulle weer vertrouwd, gedurende die eida period. So die periode waar die titi of die, of die persoon na te verwees, as, um, voordat die periode om ons is, die eida periode, ja inderdaad, as die persoon dan uh, aanwees, of aan, mannere, wat is die Engels vir indikeit, wat is die Afrikaans vir indikeit, as die persoon indikeit, uh, dat die persoon, dat hy van wil teruggee, voordat die eida periode om is, en het was het al lang radje gewees, natuurlijk dan mag sy terugkeer na daar die, has, na daar die man van haar, uh, dit is in geval vir die eerste en die tweede talak. Vir die derde talak is het natuurlijk een hele ander uh, situasie waar sy moet eerst trouw met een ander persoon, daar die persoon moet die, 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 die hevelik kansje meid, as die, as die Engelse woord, hmm. en dan moet hulle moet slaap met mekaar, en dan moet hy van talak, 
en dan kan ze eerst terugkeer na, na haar eerste man. Maar voor die eerste en die tweede talaat, as die man gedurende die ieder periode, wat gewoonlijk is vir die, kom ons sê, vir die sake of discussion, het is uh, die drie maanden periode, alhoewel ons weet, het is die drie maanden nie, maar ons vir die sake of discussion, we say three months, and then uh, he takes her back, there's no nikah needed, alhoewel hy weer naar die imam te gaan nie, en uh, hulle kan hy nie weer by mekaar woon en, 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 en slaap, so, soos, soos van tevore. Hmm. Okay. okay, let's go on with our next one. Het um, sê sê, Okay, it's to do with tattoos, I see. Salam, is it permissible for Muslims to acquire tattoos, even and if it is cultural thing for a certain nation of Muslims? Firstly, our SMS number is 47913. Mullah Sabri will be with us up until Lord, I think about perhaps two or three minutes before we uh, break for the um, for the package for Dhuwar. So that's our number, 47913. That's the SMS number pertaining to your marriages. That's our questions and answers. Yes, Molina. Yes. Um, the question was tattooing. About tattoos. Tattooing in any form, under any circumstances, irrespective of culture, is haram, period. One hadith comes in the kitab of Imam Muslim, and I'm actually looking on my PC to try and find the hadith. Unfortunately, I'm not fast enough. Um, where Nabi Wasallam says that the tattooing is haram. The person who does it and the person who receives it. The plucking of eyebrows, haram. And many, many of our Muslim sisters do this. They pluck the eyebrows, whether it's for cosmetic reasons or for other reasons. Of course, medical reasons is, 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 is always the exception to the rule. But uh, plucking of the eyebrows is haram. The wearing of false hair is haram. In other words, uh, the toupee, the wig, and even the hair pieces that people add to the hair, that is also haram. And I think in that same kitab, Molana, you can correct me, in that same kitab, in that same chapter comes the uh, wearing of the uh, hair uh, or, the sh- or the style of the headgear uh, that, uh, that you know, the, the camel hump, it imitates the camel hump. Mm-hmm. That is also haram. And then wearing of such uh, shoes or such footwear that will cause the backsides to sway from side to side, even this is made reference to in that particular chapter in, in, in the Kitab of Imam Muslim, Rahimahullah. So indeed, tattooing is haram, period. There's no discussion of cultural and no, no discussion of this. And culture is not deen. Mm-hmm. Quran is deen, Sunnah is deen, and that is it. Culture or opinions of the forefathers and the elders, this is not deen. If it's not based on deen, it is not deen. The forefathers and culture has never, ever been in Islam what we call a hujja. There's only the hujja is uh, Quran, Sunnah, Ijma, Qiyas, and all the, we know the sources of, 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 of uh, hujja, of, of, yani, of uh, proof in Islam. Definitely culture is not a source of proof. So yes, indeed, uh, that tattooing, acquiring a tattoo, whether for cultural reasons or not, totally haram. Mm-hmm. Okay, shukran for, for that, uh, Molana. We're going to go for our ad breaks right now, and uh, then we'll come back with some more of your questions. My radio station, your radio station, our radio station, 91.3 FM and 95.8 FM stereo. We continue once again with our questions and um, it says here that uh, Assalamu alaikum, I've given my first talaq and the idda period is finished and I've requested to get back together but my wife is requesting more time uh, as she said she needs more time. So that's the SMS. 
Okay, Bismillah Rahman Rahim. Uh, first of all, she is a free woman, so hence she's under no obligation because the brother did mention that the that period has expired. So indeed, she's under no obligation whatsoever to accept uh, his request to get back together again. And I can understand why she's perhaps a bit cautious this time because she doesn't want to make the same mistakes over and over again. So yes, indeed, she is not under any obligation whatsoever, number one. Number two is that uh, I think perhaps uh, given a bit of time, a bit of extra time to think the whole thing through, and perhaps she wants to maybe add conditions, for example, I will get back with you only if we go for counseling and only if we address the mistakes that we both made in the past. But the first marriage, yes, indeed, I agree with the lady that she should not be in a hurry now to get back together again. However, also, one needs to caution the couple against the fact that we know that they shared a bed once upon a time. We know that they shared emotions once upon a time. They shared a home once upon a time. They shared a family once upon a time. They shared a budget once upon a time. And so, therefore, the emotions may overpower and overcome them. My concern is, Molana and listeners, is that in such an, uh, such an event, in such a case, the couple should practice and exercise extra restraint yeah, in terms of not allowing their desires and their emotions to overpower them where they may do something that is haram uh, because of the emotions, because they loved one another once upon a time. Mm-hmm. They were in each, other, in each other's arms once upon a time. So uh, one always cautions any couple against that. Do not fall into haram. However, I want to tell the brother that perhaps the sister is doing it wisely this time. What I would also suggest is that they both attend, uh, you know, go to, to a marriage class. I have a marriage class on a Friday night, for example, after Maghrib, inshallah, we hope to start this coming week again, where our marriage class continues again you know, until the month of Ramadan, and we will, you know, announce further what we're going to do. So attend a marriage class for one. Number two, I would also suggest that they go to a marriage counselor or an imam or a sheikh or a maulana, some alim, to seek advice on the problems that they experienced the first time around uh, in an attempt to avoid making those same mistakes as they did in the past. But I want to agree with the sister not to be too hasty this time around. Mm-hmm. Molina, um, if I may also, we have some questions that I uh, just found on my uh, on my uh, emails uh, that we did not answer from the last uh, uh, program last program that we had. had. Yeah. Is it okay with, with, with yourself if I throw in one or two of these questions? Yes, I Molina? think that will be very good. Let us just uh, reply to this lady, then Molana can come in with those Please some do. of those others. It says here yeah, the previous question that Molana answered. It says Jazakallah uh, Khair for that in-depth information. Firstly, is not eating out. Subhanallah, is uh, a man of deen. Secondly, does not have diabetes. I will certainly look into the other medical reasons. He suffers with chronic fatigue. My question, however, has been answered. Shukran to you, Maulana. Afwan, inshallah. May all the best for that sister. And again, I want to say chronic fatigue. I think there's your answer already. Uh, chronic fatigue is, is, is often, uh, and I'm not a medical doctor, but it is often related to heart disease. So, uh, and it could let them do a thyroid function test also. Go to your GP, ask to have a thyroid function test done. Explain to him that, that, that you know, this is the situation. I'm always tired. And one of the first symptoms of a high 
hypothyroidism, you know, underactive thyroid is that chronic fatigue, always just that feeling of tiredness. And believe you, Mimolana, I'm not sucking this out of my thumb. Mm. I'm sure any medical uh, professional that is listening to the program will vouch what I'm saying. So, yes, indeed, I wish my sister a good luck, inshallah, and I wish you all the best, inshallah. Shukran, Molina. I think Molina can go ahead with one of those uh, questions of our previous pro- program that okay, Molina, went unanswered. We have a question. Assalamualaikum, Molina. If whiteboard markers is alcohol-based, are we allowed to use it? Um, first of all, we must remember that the drinking of alcohol is totally haram. But the alcohol itself, we should drink alcohol on our own. We will... Uh, perish within seconds because alcohol essentially is is is, is almost a, it's, it's a chemical and it's a, it's, it's almost like an acid. Um, hence, it is it, it, it's a very strong cleaning agent. For example, it's also a very strong disinfectant. Uh, we must remember that the injections that they give us at the doctor's surgery or at the hospital they usually take a little swab, you know, a little white piece of. Uh, looks like cotton wool or something and then they wipe the area and then they give the injection that is in fact alcohol swabs so alcohol is widely used in a range of things um if it is because if you use any other base for whiteboard markers if you use any other base it will stick to the whiteboard you won't be able to wipe it as easily as you can wipe alcohol if you use the spirits to wipe the board, then uh, then uh, the spirits will stink. You know, it will smell for for a, for a, for a very long time. So it is alcohol based purely because it is so easy to handle. I cannot. I don't want to commit to giving a fatwa, but we are not consuming it. We are not consuming it. We must remember the consumption is is not permissible to consume alcohol or alcoholic products such as wine, beer, etc. But even some medic- medicines also uh, contain alcohol. So, 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 using a whiteboard marker, the alcohol itself is not what makes the the, the wine haram. It is the ability that mixed with other with other ingredients it takes away what we call uh inzalul akal it removes the 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 the, the akal the, the uh in, in intellect of the person so i don't want to call i want, don't want to commit and pass a fatwa to say that it is not haram or it is haram to use the whiteboard marker safe to say that you are not consuming it hence i don't see any impermissibility to use whiteboard markers although it contains alcohol I don't see any reason why it cannot be used. Mm-hmm. Um, Molana, just this question here. It says, um, I have a question, please. If a young woman or lady in hijab or niqab attend an evening class or any class for that matter, is it permissible for her to open her face to the teacher in front who is giving the lesson? Be it any uh, lesson besides Quran, it's question. And uh, yeah, saying that okay. she is niqab as well. Uh, Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. First of all, Molana, <coughs> that... Uh, the straightforward answer is no, it is not permissible. Whether he's your ustad, whether he's your cousin, whether he's your neighbor, whether it is, if you have gone into niqab, into hijab and niqab, then for you to open up your face is, would not be permissible by virtue of him being your ustad. There's no demand upon you, there's no request or obligation upon you to open your face. That's the first uh, aspect. The second aspect is, Molana, that, um, Yes, I know I'm going to touch a bit on a nerve here, but the preferred idea, the preferred idea is that when we teach females, we rather do it hijab. We rather do it behind a curtain. We rather do it behind some screen, a 
of some sort, or we rather do it, uh, you know, in, in such a way that we don't have that direct facial access uh, and visible access to our students uh, if they are ladies. Um, for obvious reasons, Molana, uh, mm-hmm. it, 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 it is a known fact that uh, many, many, uh, Asatira, many, many male teachers have, uh, you know, uh, desi- developed feelings for their female students because of, 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 of the close proximity in which they sit in the class. So one would never advise that kind of situation. That's the first aspect. Secondly, also, that nowhere is the acquiring of knowledge, which is found upon every Muslim male and female, but nowhere does it state, request, or demand or expect from us that we should open our faces if we are a person in niqab to, to, to the person teaching us. So no, indeed, it is not, I would not say it's not permissible, but it's definitely not advisable as far as I'm concerned because we are so fearful that, uh, in, uh, you know, things can uh, go from one step to another and, and one thing can lead to another. It is better for your iman, better for your modesty, and better for the modesty and the iman of your staff to, to keep your faith. Uh, covered inshallah inshallah Molana we're going to go for our ad break and we'll come back with our last segment answering your questions uh, this afternoon and uh, then as we have seen Molana Sabri is answering those questions of previous programs as well so we will try to at all times do that inshallah the voice of the Cape pioneering 20 years in Muslim radio my radio station, your radio station, our radio station. So we have come to the last segment of our program this afternoon. And then just to read one of those messages that says, MashaAllah program, we do appreciate. Alhamdulillah, may Allah grant uh, Maulana and all the ulama health and a long, good life. Ameen. Wassalam. Ameen. Ameen. Um, Maulana, this question here, it says, uh, Salam Imam, I live by my wife's parents and now see, don't listen to me, what can I do? Maulana, I think the line went slightly dead there. Repeat the question, please. Okay, repeat that once again. Um, We see it's a bit of a a hole back there. Let me just get into that. Um, Here we go. yeah, I'm just trying to get this. Salam, Imam, I live by my wife. Can okay, Molana here? Yes, yes, yes. Let's say, Salam, Imam, I live by my wife's parents, and now she don't listen to me. What can I do? Okay, Bismillah rahman rahim First of all, we need to understand that the wife is not a little child when you say she don't listen to me. The wife is not a little child uh, that must obey the every instruction of the husband. That is the first aspect that we need to just understand. Um, but it is such a fact, it, it happens in young, young children also, that, uh, you know, during the day, they are fine with the teacher or the crest teacher or the great art teacher or whatever, the, the, the daycare giver. And the moment the parents pick them up and then they show off a little bit. This is, a, I think it's a, it's a, it's a well-known fact that now they feel they have a sense of strength, a sense of support, and they feel I want to tell that wife, you are writing a recipe for disaster, my sister. So what I would want to do, what I would want to suggest, number one, at all costs, try all possible avenues, my dear brother, to find a place of your own. Even if it is me, if it means renting a place somewhere, but try to go on your own, um, that is the first uh, suggestion I can offer to you. The second suggestion I can offer to you is that open the can of worms. Uh, we must stop 
trying to sweep things under the carpet. We must speak things openly about things. We must open the can of worms and say that, look, you have been like this ever since we've moved here or ever since we came to stay here. You've been like this towards me, as if you are sidelining me and it's just you and your family now. We need to open a can of worms. My suggestion to the husband is that have a straight, to-the-point talk to the wife. In addition to that, do not involve the parents because I again say, min ahlihi wa min ahliha. Quran gives us that clear directive, get a representative from his side and a representative from her side. If he's going to include her parents, Blutus Dakarazvato P O N, that you know they're going to attack him, rather I would suggest that he speaks to the Imam of his area, ask the Imam for some advice, ask the Imam for input and ask the alim, you know, to, to give them directive. But again, I say that the primary solution I see to this and, and, and all similar uh, other matters and challenges is to try and get your own place, inshallah. Through that, Allah will give you lots of khair and nur, inshallah. Amen, amen. Um, Malana, just before, uh, the line is a bit, I don't know whether Malana did something different there, but the line is a bit, that khrein so Yeah, it, it, it actually happened my side a couple of times, Malana. Mm. I don't know. Um, okay, the, it's better, it's better. It's I better, can actually hear you very clearly now. Okay, it's much better. Um, our, I think this can be our last, Molana. We have to end off at 57 for today. Um, okay. So there is a few more questions, but what we're going to do, we're going to um, ask, we're going to ask our current producer that's in today to perhaps save those messages in for forthcoming programs. Molana can add that yes, as well. Yes. Um, yeah. So let's go to some more of those questions. Um, shukran for the answer, Molana. Where's the classes for the marriage classes? Molana is in Mitchell's Plain at his masjid. That's in Rocklands. Um, that's Friday evening. Is it between Maghrib and Isha, Molana? That's correct. Between Maghrib and Isha, it is Al Masjid Thani in Spine Road in Rocklands. Okay. In fact, is it's the only masjid on Spine Road in the entire Mitchell's Plain, Molana. Okay. Down that long, lengthy road. Yes. Molana, uh, then the person also asked, is there a cost related to the classes canala and also for the counseling uh molana the we we always tell the people this that they need to value in their hearts what the value of the counseling is what it means to their marriages and what it brings to their marriages they have to value that on their own there's no fee attached uh, whatever comes in people's hearts that we will accept inshallah mm. similarly for the classrooms there's no fee no uh, registration fee no um, a weekly or monthly fee but uh, they have to value it uh, in their own they have to think to themselves that uh, what value do i add to this and then of course uh, whatever people find in their hearts this is more than welcome mm. uh, inshallah um, yes, yes, Molana. You know, I was thinking about something, but I think that's going to open up a can of worms, and Maybe I think that's for, a, for another worms, program. I, I'm, I'm just thinking about this saying when people say um, uh, in Afrikaans, "Who a person betaal for You know, mm. and uh, that that put uh, us in this fraternity sometimes in very complicated and difficult positions when yes, we need Molana, to pay for our family. You know, when we need to pay electricity and you. buy food and clothing and rent because I mean we chose to go study six, seven f- full years, yes. and uh, some continuing to studying, and then at the end of the day you go do something and uh, you know, 